0: Hi everyone and welcome to a new look Playmaker show. The preview show will look a lot different this week. Uh, Previously we've done pre-recorded shows but we thought since it's been the international break and we've had a bit of time to sit back and have a look at how everything works we wanted to try out this new format with myself, uh, Sam Price and Neil Murray. Neil, how are you? How's your international break been? I'm okay. I haven't really sat back. During the break,
1: I've been moving house, um, so it's been been busy, but well-timed with the international break. So I used last weekend to start it. Um, I'll definitely be joining the long list of yellow flags. Uh, dropped a piece of bunk bed on my foot last night. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there's no chance that I would make it for the weekend if I was playing. Um, but luckily, um, um, I'm well enough to play FBL at least.
0: <laughs> uh, toe injury like DCL then?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it was no. Actually, I think I'm I, I'm trying to be a bit more trendy. Well, it's not trendy these days, but I think it's a, I think it's a Metatarsal, the the legendary oh, okay. Metatarsal. The Rooney injury. Um, yeah, or Beckham. Oh, Beckham, Beckham. Yeah, be- maybe I'm yeah, misremembering yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, Beckham originally. I think I think Rooney had one as well. I think we had a uh, quite a few uh, in a row before a major tournament. Um, but I have a nice lump on my foot, so uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Other than that, I'm good. Okay, well, other, uh, luckily, other than and that, you're, you're away, good. Right? I was away, yes. Um, so I've had a nice week away in Spain, seeing my family uh, for the first time in two years, actually. So it was quite nice to switch off Twitter for a little while and actually just relax. Although, to be honest, most of most of that week I've been wondering what I should do, whether or not I should wildcard or not, which we'll go into Um, I think I'm getting closer to being settled on some moves which we'll get into near the end of the show Um, but yeah so I think without further ado let's let's jump in and see how what two weeks ago now went for both of us it feels like a lifetime so hopefully this will refresh your memory slightly so we'll start with your team so it should be on screen now Uh, talk us through your uh, 64 point game week
1: yeah, I think it was, uh, I mean, compared to the first couple, it felt a bit more kind of normal, I would say. Um, I think 64 was still a pretty decent um, score. I was 19, you know, looking at looking at the screen there, 26, 26K over red, ad- red Arrow. I think it's the most beautiful Red Arrow I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it do- doesn't make me feel too bad <laughs> in game week three. Um, but I went yeah from 19 to 26K with 64 points. Uh, very happy that I captained Antonio. I did strongly consider captaining Bruno, um, and it was a bit of a late decision um, for me, so very happy that I made the right call. Brought in Rafina with one of my two free transfers that week, rolled the other one. I thought he would probably get something about against Burnley, a little disappointed he he didn't. Um, but yeah, a couple of bonus points from, from TAA, um, some more points from Ings. Uh, Greenwood again delivering third week in a row. Super happy. I started with him. Uh, other than that, I think it was uh, I think it was pretty standard.
0: Yeah, I think uh, luckily you, I also went the same way with a, a captaining Antonio. I think I was. Much like you maybe we've got a bit of groupthink going on and uh, Fernandez was very close second so I'm very glad neither of us went for that um no. you are off to an absolute flyer I must say 26k after three weeks I would have uh, bitten your hand off for that at the start uh, you must be delighted
1: yeah I've never started like this ever i'm a I'm a very slow starter so I also don't really know what to do <laughs> actually like from us from a strategy perspective it's it's quite confusing for me I'm normally easily a million at, at this point, normally. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be... I'm, I'm looking forward to the season just because it's going to play out differently than it normally does for me. Mm. Um, but it does feel
0: good to start well. Yeah, you're not going to go on the defensive just yet, though, and go template, are you? No, I, well, I guess I
1: already am a little template, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: But uh, I, I think moving away,
1: you know, I can't resist um, moving away at, at some point for sure. So let, let's see let's see if I get... Um, Get nervous up here and start playing defensive, but it's not my usual style. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: I, I I think as long as you're around this sort of rank going into Christmas, we might start seeing some more defensive moves. But for the time being, I I, I don't think it's in your nature to do anything other than take no. a few risks. Um, okay, cool. Um, I. Had a very slightly worse game week than you, so sixty-two points. Um, very similar side overall. Only a couple of differences. Uh, like I said, we both captained Antonio. Both had Salah and Fernandez in there. Salah would have actually been a pretty decent captain captaincy shout, even though he wasn't being talked about much. Um, as as per, as per standard with any game Salah plays in, to be honest, he's never a bad shout. Um, I feel like I got away with my forward line slightly having Ings and Tony both bag returns I was slightly nervous um, and we'll talk about that later on in the show but Ings I think as as most people are thinking uh, probably won't be able to keep up his returns from the first few game weeks with the fixtures turning now and his underlying stats not looking too great at the moment so that might be a move I have to bank in. Um, and obviously, um, Harvey Barnes hasn't hasn't delivered exactly how I wanted him to in the first few weeks. So that's another priority. Which um, luckily I do have two free transfers to sort out some some issues. But there is a 12.5 million striker that I think might be distracting us all at the moment. Which. Uh, I'm sure we'll be going into in detail later on in the show, um, but yeah, 62 points, red arrow. I think I was 80k at the start of the week or 80k ish, down to 121. Um, I'm still very happy with that. Um, as long as I'm in that ballpark for the first ten or so game weeks, I think it puts me in a strong position to push forward. I think the last. It's also a great start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy with it, and, and like you, I don't think I've actually had a start this good in a long time and the last two seasons, I think, last season I made a point of the fact I was 4.2 million after game week five, Um, and I I ended up, I think it was 73 or 74k at the end of the season, so even if you are struggling down in the bottom half of the millions, then I really no need to worry, it's easily recoverable, Um, just make sure that you're making moves and you don't just uh, get put off of the game because that's where you will get the bad rank from. Um, Just stay active and alert and you'll start overtaking managers pretty soon. Um, So uh, now we've had a look at our teams. I think let's have a quick refresher of how all the results went in the previous week. Um, It obviously was almost two weeks ago now, so we might need to refresh our minds slightly. Um, We started off with Well, uh, an absolute battering, a demolition job from City. 5-0 against Arsenal, second week in a row that City, I believe, only conceded one shot on goal. Um, 0.12xG this week, I think it was 0.02 the weekend before against Norwich, which is absolutely sensational no matter how you look at it. Um, On the other hand, Arsenal not looking great at the moment. How how did you uh, feel about this one?
1: I think, uh, to be honest, it said more about Arsenal than City, looking at the goals that, that City scored. I mean, Arsenal's defending was, was, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's enough bad words <laughs> to describe it, uh, to be honest. And I think what's interesting about it is Arsenal do have some some good fixtures coming up. Um, I think you have White in your team, um, you know, ahead of kind of those fixtures, I imagine, is is why you got him in from the start, because you know, on paper, he is a good option, um, and maybe some other Arsenal uh, Arsenal assets are also good options on paper. Um, but I think if you've if you've if you've seen any of their games so far, they they don't look, you know, they, they barely look cohesive um, right now. So I w- I would be a little concerned uh, if I owned them. I certainly wouldn't be buying them in even with. Uh, strong fixtures so it's definitely one to, to monitor and see if they can turn it around a little bit but right now i think it also looks like their heads have dropped as well um but city yeah i mean it was just uh a, a classic city uh performance to be honest obviously ferran torres um took his chance chances very yeah. well um so you know, I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from the game. But with kind of Foden and, and De Bruyne looking like they're, they're close to being back, obviously we we enter kind of Pep Roulette again. Uh, I was very sold on Torres after that game. But, you know, as we're recording this today on, on Thursday, with the news that those
0: guys are maybe back, I, I've also become a little less warm on him as an option again. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And especially with him getting so many minutes... In the internationals as well I think he played 90-60-90 yeah. across the three games obviously he played, played well in them scored a, yeah. scored a couple of goals I think um, and looked lethal um, I think if we could have any sort of any sort of shout from Pep that he will be starting in the league over the next two yeah. or three then he's an obvious transfer in but we all know what Pep's like he won't give anything away and like you say with Foden and KDB coming back in And Mares, Sterling, Grealish, all vying for places out wide as well. It seems unlikely that he'll be starting all of the matches, and with Champions League in midweek, it it's it makes it even less likely. So I think he might be a bit too risky for me. Um, But Man City, if you can pick the right player that's going to start the match, uh, they. As we always know, they have any chance against any team of scoring four, or five plus. Um, as the XG showed in this, it was no fluke. It wasn't just lethal finishing; they really did pick them apart. And uh, there were wa- yeah. there was some really awful defending there. A the couple of the goals. No, I wouldn't yeah. expect them to score every week. Um, but then again, White was out, and they did have the red card in the first half. So, I will I will yeah. treat Arsenal with a little bit more patience now their fixtures are turning and like like you mentioned I do have Ben White I think with no plans to sell? No, not at all. Um I think he is in rotation with me uh for ailing as well because the leads and Arsenal's fixtures do rotate really well and down at 4.3 million now I okay I have lost the value so that's a bit annoying but I, I like you said I had him with this yeah. with this run for in one, in yeah. mind, and I'm going to wild card in game week eight, I think anyway, so I, I don't think there are many better four point five and under assets no. for that run, um and also with so many people jumping off of him, I kind of want to get my my well deserved points before before I have to lose hope in myself so
1: yeah, yeah. I,
0: I I think Arsenal will bounce back, they've had two weeks to prepare um and you, well, they can't have a much better fixture than Norwich, who sit, sit oh, joint bottom on zero points with them, um, equal goal difference. I think if either of them lose 3 nil or more, it's the worst start in Premier League history after four weeks. So, that's one to keep an eye on. I doubt Arsenal yeah, are going to lose 4 nil.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I think one one thing on Torres, actually, while I'm thinking about it, you you would think if he gets three, let's say he gets three in four games for so 7 million or 7.1, whatever, whatever he is exactly Man City midfielder playing up top for them, mm. I would take three and four. I think what further complicates it is the addition of Ronaldo, is the fact that we now want to force these premiums into our team. Because if you have players like Torres and Jota in your midfield and you force these premiums in, so then your fifth attacker is Basuma or Gilmore or... Sissoko who you're not really going to want to come in Yeah. Um, then it complicates it further because you just don't have the funds available to say put a put a Gallagher on the bench each week and let them come in for a Torres when he doesn't make it or a Jota when he doesn't start because I think that's also a viable option when you have these cheap assets at the top clubs mm. is to actually go a bit higher on your fifth attacker Um or eighth attacker, sorry, um, but with, with Ronaldo and with the difficulty forcing these premiums into our team, I actually think the premiums make players like Torres more of a concern than they would otherwise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely echo those thoughts and um, the midfield options of which there are three risky Not talisman, but form picks for three of the big sides, which I think we all know are going to be Jota, Greenwood and Torres. Um, We will analyse those later and we'll um, have a bit of discussion about where our allegiances lie and whether or not we have any sort of faith in them moving forwards, at least for the the medium term. Um, So I I, I don't want to focus too much on every single fixture here. Um, We'll quickly... I'll quickly run, run over them. Um, so one all between Aston Villa and Brentford. Uh, a 2-0 loss for Brighton, frustrating for Sanchez owners. Veltman, I think, came on surprisingly for a point, which was a bit shocking, um, but I, no one got any reward for that, so no one missed out on much there. Um, DCL obviously came out of that match with an injury, um, which we'll touch on again later slightly. Um, the real um, talking point I wanted to focus on in the next match was 3.46 XG away at Newcastle for Southampton. Um, that seems incredibly high um, against a side who will be going up against Man United and Ronaldo yeah. next week. How, how do you... Oh, and also for context, I support Southampton, you support Newcastle, so uh, uh-huh. there are biases here. But um, how, how did you feel about the match?
1: Well, I thought we had sneaked to win. So did I. I thought we'd sneak an undeserved win. So I was a little disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have had any shame in taking that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, like to be honest, I think uh, I think we we actually have the worst XGC in the league. We're, we're even nineteenth for twentieth. I think you're nineteenth uh,
0: behind Arsenal or ahead of Arsenal, yeah. maybe.
1: Yeah. But you know yeah up against united this week um i think yeah I, I completely understand why why people want to get ronaldo in straight away um uh, i think uh, i think that could be i think they'll put 3 or 4 past newcastle to be honest i don't think um
0: yeah, i don't think we have much of a chance are, you, are um, you a classically pessimistic newcastle fan um i know a lot are
1: uh, no actually not as bad as most I would say, um, and we have done okay against United over the years, um, mm. but no, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not overly pessimistic, um, I mean, I probably do start the last few seasons thinking we might get relegated, or there's a good chance we'll get relegated, I probably <laughs> haven't changed that opinion <laughs> this year, Um but we can we can pull off we can pull off surprises sometimes, and we we have done so against United over the last few years. Also against Chelsea, we don't have a bad record against. Um, so it can happen. I, I just think the way we've started defensively this season is is pretty worrying. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I it it just doesn't seem like they had an inspired summer either. Really, I mean, obviously you've got Joe Willock in, but other than that, it seems all very flat. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not going to get much easier against United next up, is it? It, yeah. it? it would not surprise me, having played FPL for so many years, to see Newcastle somehow dig in and sneak a, sneak a yeah. 1-0 win. Um, but given the underlying stats, and I, I, do like, I do like reflecting on the stats in my decision making, I, I don't think there's too many arguments against... Waiting heavily on United assets against Newcastle, especially with the home advantage. It is going to be a parade for Ronaldo, I'm certain of it. Um, and I think not just Ronaldo, but all the players are going to up their game for it because the atmosphere is going to be electric. United are off, yeah. obviously off to a decent start to the season as well. And Greenwood's in good form. Bruno's look good. Um, and Sancho is eventually going to come in and start showing the same sort of form he did at Dortmund, I think that is potentially one that is being forgotten about and now with Ronaldo, I think everyone, every defence is going to really focus on him, I think there's potential for the wide players to um, sneak in there and, and and steal some points away from them, so that's an interesting one, We again we will go into that a lot more later, um, but Yeah, 3.46 XG aided by the penalty and the Gineppo fluff from a Livramento assist, which I'm gutted about. But I think both of those really upped the XG on that one. Um, But anyway, um, moving on. So it was a 2-1 win for Leicester away at Norwich. No Barnes returns. Um, Goal assist for Jamie Vardy, was it? So he's he's looked pretty good straight off the bat. Um, just doesn't seem to age that guy. Um, is he one you'd ever ever consider?
1: Uh, I think it's an awkward price point. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I think that's the only thing that would put me off. I think if I'm if I'm paying around that mark or above, uh, I'm only going to consider Kane, Lukaku, and Ronaldo. I wouldn't be against potentially on a wild card going with both Lukaku and Ronaldo, mm. which means yeah, no no space for Vardy. I just think price point wise very mm. awkward.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? With Vardy, he he's never one I consider either, but he always just turns up with ten, twelve pointers yeah. every other week. And I just can't explain it yeah. because it's off of like zero point one XG every time. He's so lethal and he just yeah. he just pops up in those areas. I, I think the goals he's taken already this season have been Both very well taken low XG chances, so he won't appear anywhere near the top of the tables for the XG, and he will go under the radar. Um, I think you're right, though, that 10.5 price bracket is just, with so many good premium options, you just can't go there. Um, Antonio and Benrahma in the next game, two all against Crystal Palace. Benrahma didn't get anything, first blank of the season. Antonio, though... (laughs) <laughs> never fails at the moment he's absolutely lethal right now um four goals four assists in three matches um was slightly um overshadowed by conor gallagher though who got two goals um what did you make of this one
1: yeah i i really enjoyed this game um i i caught the whole thing uh, antonio looked great uh, i think I'd, well there was a chance at the end as well with an Antonio and Ben Rama on the break and Antonio didn't quite make mm-hmm. the right pass, um, which would have put Ben Rama in. So Ben Rama was still getting into very central attacking positions, actually a little unlucky not to get something at the end there, um, on the break. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still happy with Ben Rama, uh, from what I saw, even though he didn't get any returns. Um, I, I think, you know, if you don't have Antonio, you should get Antonio. <laughs> like, I I, 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 think he's, uh, yeah, um, he is the most informed player in the game right now. Uh, Connor Gallagher, yeah, really thought he was very impressive. Um, you know, it's probably like a lazy comparison to make, but uh, I thought he had a little bit of Lampard about him um, getting into in the, the box, box, getting into those areas yeah, for deep. Yeah, yeah, so I, I really liked him actually, and I think his price point is great. The fixtures aren't amazing though. Um, but I would say, like, if I, if I was looking at 5.5, I think he's the best, the best option right now. Like, why you would choose, like, for me, why you would choose Smith Rowe over Gallagher is, you know, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a, a question for me to be honest. I, I was that impressed with him. Um, I think uh, his end product is is probably better than better than Smith Rowe's actually at that price point. Mm-hmm. But of course,
0: Arsenal's fixtures, as we said. Much better than Palace's. That's the only argument I can see. Yeah, um, but yeah, very,
1: very impressed with
0: him. Yeah, if you went Smith Road, right, have to be fixtures based. Um, but yeah, I, I think Palace have got a bit about them this season. Um, they haven't got the results yet, but the underlying stats, especially in this match against uh, West Ham, strong, strong side to take on, yeah. have been decent. Um, so I think it's a wait yeah, and but, see, yeah. considering the the fixtures. But certainly one I'm I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, certainly on the watch list for me. Um, the, the big game of the weekend, Liverpool-Chelsea, 1-1. Um, Chelsea, despite having a man sent off, um, looked very, very solid. And they uh, being able to keep Liverpool out for that long, um, and the only goal conceded was obviously the penalty, that also raises the XG considerably. Um, I thought it was just an incredibly pr- impressive performance from them defensively.
1: Yeah, me too. and they even had a chance or two where they could have won it at 1-0. Um, so, yeah, I think this game, you can't... Uh, well, yeah, you can read that they were great defensively. I don't think from an FPL standpoint you can read too much into this one. I mean, Trent played in another amazing ball to, to Henderson. Yeah, fluffy. Who, fluffed, who fluffed the chance. I thought I thought Trent, um, his creativity this season is, you know, he's back to his best. Mm. Um, so that, that, I kind of felt good about Trent watching the game you know Salah there's no point talking about him Um, Lukaku did have a chance at the end Um, so yeah I I think yeah it was a it was a good game I think the red card changed it Mm. Um, but yeah Chelsea looked great uh, defensively Um, but yeah from an FPL standpoint I don't think it told us
0: anything that we didn't already know yeah I completely agree I think the only annoying thing is the player who got sent off was Rhys James, who I think yeah. is an incredibly yeah, yeah, good pick yeah. this season if he's nailed at yeah. right wing back. Um, yeah, his yeah. yeah, his underlying stats are very encouraging already, having basically only played a game and a half. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. one, on a game week seven or eight wildcard or moves around that time, he's he's top of my priorities. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So we'll uh, we'll move past the next two. So Spurs one one nil. That seems to be their their standard at the moment. Um, I wonder how long they can just keep that up. Um, that it was a bit more of an impressive defensive performance. Okay, admittedly yeah. against a slightly weaker Watford side, um, but still, yeah, impressive enough. Spurs one hundred percent record in the league, yet to concede a goal, not to be sniffed at whatsoever. Um, Nuno certainly looks like he's getting them um, whipped into shape defensively. Um and Burnley won Leeds one. I think if there was we won't focus on it for too long, but I think if there was any takeaway, it was that Leeds looked a little bit flat still. Um yeah. I don't know how I hope well, I hope that doesn't last very long, um, considering their fixtures are turning very soon. Um but Burnley to notch up notch up a better XG yeah. than Leeds for me yeah. was a surprise. Um, and it was, well, it was a very physical display. And I think Leeds possibly got dragged into that a little bit too much.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, yeah, to concede that XG against Burnley and then you're going into Liverpool again, it's uh, similar to how we're making a comparison on Newcastle looking looking a bit um, dodgy at the back. I think we can also bring that into this week's captaincy debate as well. Leeds this XGC for sure. Yeah absolutely
0: um, and then finally uh, Man United continued their good start to the season with a 1-0 win away at Wolves equally Mason Greenwood con- see, uh, con- continued his 100% goal scoring record this season 3-3 three and three. Um, he's, he's not going to get benched is he Neil? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure actually um, <laughs> I'm not sure uh, I, w- I
1: wouldn't say I'm confident of the start um, and I, I you know I've think he is someone who has moved to my kind of uh yeah, let's say what's the opposite of a watch list? Someone in my team that I might have to keep an eye on to, to move out at some point, um with with the Ronaldo sign in. But I'm I'm happy to wait and see kind of how they set up uh this week and, and the next couple of weeks still
0: probably Yeah. I think short term he possibly is still a good pick, but if you're trying to build a side for the medium to long term then yeah. then it might be a bit of a bit of a worry. Um, lastly yeah. on that, um, I, again, don't want to spend too long on this section, but Wolves one point eight eight oh xg they have lost every game so far this season, but have been incredibly unlucky, I think. Um, they do look a good side. Yeah. Um, any Wolves owners or fans don't obviously don't panic. I think you'll be absolutely fine. You've played some very tough teams, um, or at least that's the way I see it. How, how do you see it so far for them?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think they have been very unlucky. I think both their XG and XGC has, has been mm. one of the best in the league. Yeah, they, they can't do anything with it. Um, they have four fixtures now on the FPL's fixture difficulty rating, in which are twos. Mm. You know, two, 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 two. Um, I personally, I'm not that bothered about rushing into them ahead of that. Mm. Uh, I'm not... I, I think if I was playing a wild card might get one or two probably definitely would get a defender um not convinced on on trey or Ray, um as an option um so yeah I think we'll you know maybe if the next couple there's still time to jump on them ahead of the the following two easy fixtures especially if you are then planning on triggering a wild card mm-hmm. so I, I I'm still happy to wait and see. Um, but I can understand why people would be jumping on
0: because, like you say, they have been very unlucky and
1: now the fixtures open up
0: for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me it is a wait and see. Now the fixtures are opening up. But yeah, if you want to take a gamble, they're probably the team to do it on, con- considering yeah. just the underlying statistics. Um, OK, um, we'll we'll run through this one really quickly. Um, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Top scoring players from the week. As we mentioned, Torres came out on top with uh 18 points 1.25 xg um very encouraging indeed um but we're not completely convinced he's he's nailed I don't think um Gallagher Simley two goals um very encouraging xg and xa on, on those stats yeah. um I think I think yeah. you wanted to have a quick a quick word on Gallagher
1: yeah, I mean, I already touched on him there, kind of lazily comparing him to Lampard. Um, but yeah, that was his kind of goal-scoring ability. But like you say, his XA also 0.77. Hmm. He looked kind of the the driving force uh, to me, at, attacking-wise. He was he was the one they were giving the ball to to make something happen. And then when he got in the, the box as well, when he got in areas to score, he was also lethal. Yeah. Um, so i i really i really thought he he looks a great all-round kind of player um and someone who yeah i I think he when their fixtures lighten up i think he'll make a bit of a mockery of that that price tag actually i think he could definitely be a kind of considered more like a 6.5 um player so he's definitely someone that i think represents great value just based on not just based on those underlying stats but like i said i caught the game as well um and i just thought he looked threatening yeah um, past the eye test he looked the, yeah he really did um and he was kind of yeah the the centerpiece of their of their attack and i, I don't necessarily see that that changing as well and if he keeps getting in the box like he does I also think he's going to score quite a few more goals this season mm.
0: yeah I think he links the play exceptionally well um, and he creates the rhythm in that Palace side I, I don't see him ever really getting rotated I mean touch wood anyway um, but he seems to be the driving force in there like you say and uh, yeah certainly want to keep an eye on Yeah, um, May... might might
1: be a bit of a yeah yeah maybe
0: getting a 10 this season hmm um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so on to Vardy and Jesus, who both got a goal and an assist each, I believe. Uh, the underlying stats for Vardy, like I mentioned, don't really support the idea that he's a creative player. At least um, the xG was a bit higher than I actually remembered it being. Um, but no interest there in in Vardy, as we know. Yeah. But Jesus, um, do you no interest on him as a as a right winger. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I actually think he's a, a
1: a good option if we had space for five forwards. Um yeah. because because we don't I mean he's not gonna he's not again, like price point wise or just like setup wise, he's just not gonna be he's not gonna be an option um for us, uh I would say. And I, I definitely prefer
0: Torres over the J2s. If I was to look at them it wouldn't be you know,
1: wouldn't be a question for me.
0: Yeah, I, I think if for whatever reason he wouldn't be but if for whatever reason he was also a midfielder it'd be a bit more of a discussion but striker one less point for the goal um yeah. not being played out of position the wrong way is just never a good sign um and also if he is fighting for that spot on the right rather than being them being deployed as a center forward he's not going to start every match and we know that no. so i don't think he's an option um Varane came on, uh, debut with a an assist. Do not expect any more of them, or at least many oh. more of them. Um, Twelve points is probably higher than we'll see him get for a long yeah. time. Um, but obviously the clean sheet potential is there. For me, he's not really an FPL no, asset. No, no um, unless he starts bang, banging in about 10 headers a season I, I don't see that yeah. as an option um, but for the third week in a row Antonio has made the top scoring players list three double digit hauls in a row um, and again much like Gallagher some pretty impressive underlying XG and XA um, I don't I don't think we even really need to discuss it right now um, because he no, will come if up you later if you, if you still don't own him buy him yeah buy just him get him because... That's the only thing I'll say. Yeah, we we could probably end the show here and just say, yeah, just do that, and you'll probably get a few a few points this this week, especially against Southampton as well. Um, I am a pessimistic Southampton Southampton fan, <laughs> um, or at least defensively, I am. Um, so I, I I don't see that stopping this week. Um, we'll go on to the transfers of the week. So. There's a very familiar face at the top of this one. So um, we do always ask the question on Playmaker and on Twitter as well most weeks to put across your transfers and the net gain um, from them. This week, um, and I promise this isn't rigged, but our own employee Helder has won um, with a net gain of 13 points by bringing in uh, Dyer and Antonio for Veltman and Ings. So some pretty inspired moves there. Um, I think we will see bigger net gains over the season. So please do send send them in each week and we promise we'll show them it's not just a, a friend's club. And we're not just going to put Helder at the top of it each week. Um, and a triple captain, I, I think you know, don't you, Neil? Yeah, me and Helder both know him actually,
1: so uh, he's a friend of ours as well. Oh, okay, so, uh, this isn't yeah. helping. We have, <laughs> we have, no, we have someone. We have someone who's started a company just to get a shout out on a on a video at the at the top mm. uh, for their moves. Um, and then second is yeah, one of our one of our mates that we we talk FPL with a lot and and hang out with in in Copenhagen. Um, so yeah, please please uh, please do let us
0: know your moves and so we can start start shouting out uh, some people that I'm not rivals with. Yeah, next week when it's me and you at the top of this list, it's going to look really rigged, isn't it? I won't
1: won't complain about that if we make it there. Yeah,
0: true, true. Um, I'll I'll exclude ourselves, I promise, guys. Don't worry. Um, Okay, cool. So we'll move on to um, the next section, which is the mini-league results. So congratulations to Nacroth, who has won the August Kit League, our first ever kit has been released. Um, As you can see on the right there, it's a pretty sharp looking design. Helder, as as aforementioned, designed it himself. Um, I think it looks really nice. We will personalise any winners with their name and number on the back and obviously give you the size that suits you. Um, So congratulations to Nat Croft. It is on on its way to you. Um, If you want to get involved in the September kit league and have a chance of winning, you can still do so. Just sign up to Playmaker, it's completely free to do so. Links are in the description right now. And all you have to do is link your team ID And then we can keep track of who the top scorers were for the month of September. So please do do that before the start of game week four for the best chance of winning. Obviously, you could still win technically if you joined on (laughs) the day before the final game week of September. But I think the chances of that happening are quite low. So to give yourself the best chance, please do get involved before the deadline for game week four. Um, Okay, cool. So we're going to get into the meat of the show now. So I thought we should start off with highest expected goals per team. I don't think there are too many surprises who's come out on top here. Man City way, way ahead of West Ham, who were in second. So 9.02 xG for Man City. They've won 5-0 twice, so I think that's fairly understandable. But even with those 5-0 wins, you don't expect the XG to match it. You expect some overperformance. But that just simply doesn't seem to be the case with Man City at the moment. They have found their groove very early on. Um, Are there any others on this list that really stand out to you, Neil?
1: Yeah, I think the the two that I would probably like to point out is... One is Everton, because I think Mm. that XG is the 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 main bulk of that has been provided to uh, DCL. Yes. Um, so you can see that they're creating chances. DCL is on the end of most of them. Um, obviously, there's a couple of penalties in there as well, which does which does put that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that you you have a team that is creating a lot of goal scoring opportunities, and you have a player that's very much the focal point of that attack. Um, so that for me is interesting. The other one I would point out is, is probably United that for considering, considering the games I've had, like a pretty open leads, um, obviously Wolves a, a bit tighter, um, but they also played Southampton um, who who are not kind of the, the tightest defensively. No, defense. no, <laughs> none um, taken. <laughs> no, but I, I would almost say, especially if you're looking at Ronaldo coming in, how are they going to create chances for him? Um, Of course, you know, 4.85 over three games, scoring seven goals is, you know, I'm not saying it's bad, um, but they're not, they're also considering who they've played against, um, and especially the way two of those defenses are kind of fairly open um, in the way that they play. I don't, you know, that number isn't that impressive to me, um, and it's something maybe to to consider in, in terms of kind of Ronaldo's arrival. Um, that maybe they're not uh, especially against Southampton they did not look that fluid Um, Mm. they did not look that great I mean then they they sneak past walls as well Um, so I would I would kind of uh, yeah like uh, I don't think they're not exactly free flowing Um, obviously against Newcastle that might change Um, but I I still think that they haven't quite clicked as an attack Still, mm. over the last couple of seasons, and they tried out on the left. Who knows whether that will continue now? You know, I don't think they have clicked moving forward. Um, so that's the only other thing
0: that stood out to me on that table. Mm. Do you think Oli knows his best 11? Because I don't. No. I, I don't no. think he does. Um, Not at all. Yeah, no. I, I think with the amount of attacking options at his disposal now, um, and everyone seems to just completely have thrown Cavani to one side now Ronaldo's there Um, and he will be somewhat forgotten man but surely a player of his calibre will not be happy just sat on the bench constantly Um, so there will be rotation and I'm not saying that Ronaldo's going to be the victim of that rotation necessarily before we get a million comments saying how dare you Um, but there will be there will be moments in the season where there will be a shock benching and I think Oli came out last season and said, I've probably played Bruno slightly too much. I've overplayed him. Yeah. And he didn't have Lingard at his disposal last season. And I think Lingard can fill that role every now and again yeah. if Bruno's looking a bit leggy. Um, and yeah. similarly, on the, on both wings, now they've got options. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I think with United, I, having 4.85 xG at the moment, I, it's not alarm bells ringing. Um, they still appear sixth. In, in the overall standing, so I don't think it's terrible. But I think we have seen a bit of overperformance. Um, so, I mean, look, Newcastle, they're going to get probably minimum 2xG in the next match anyway, so they'll probably climb the leaderboard further and we've not got much to worry about. But it's one, certainly like you, I'm keeping an eye on. And uh, similarly with you, um, I think Everton were slightly surprising. I I expected them possibly to be lining up a bit more defensively focused, which we'll go on to in a second. Um, but 5.79 XG is a very strong start. And like you like you correctly mentioned, DCL has accounted for comfortably over half of that XG. Um, so that might be one to target moving forward. Um, the only other one quickly worth mentioning is West Ham, who have gotten off to an absolute flyer, 6.4, uh, 6.74 XG. Um, already. And again, about half of that, if not slightly more, is Antonio. So they've got their talisman sorted and they look re- like a really well-oiled machine. So I certainly wouldn't be jumping off Ben Rama on a wild card, for instance, which I know quite a few people seem to be doing. Um, but anyway, so on to the flip side of things, let's have, have a look at the lowest XGC teams at the moment. And... Guess who's on top? It's Man City again. So only one goal conceded so far. That was against Spurs. Um, 1.20 XGC at the moment. The majority of that was against Spurs. And they've only conceded, again, I think I'm correct in saying, two shots in their last two matches, which is not bad. Um, I think if their fixtures were any better, I might be prioritising bringing in a City defender. Um, what what about you? How do you think about the? How do you feel about the city defense?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty strong, but it's it's not too dissimilar to the attack in terms of knowing who to pick. Right? It's not as though it's not as though the picture is that much clearer other than outside of Diaz, um, Cancelo, great pick, but probably starts three out of four. So again, it depends on whether your bench can kind of cover that odd benching for him. Mm. I think Stones, um, Laporte got injured in the international break, I believe. I don't know the extent of it, but stones, are, I think has dropped to 5.3 yeah. already. Um, so it's kind of stones coming back in. And if he plays as many as last season, then kind of a risk on stone starting three out of four at 5.3, um, is pretty interesting to me. Um, I think they're going to line up with a goalkeeper potentially this weekend, who's not even in the game yet, in Scott Carson. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's let's see uh, let's see if their XG like, let's see if their goals conceded uh, stays the same. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, like yeah, of course, strong defence. Um. Yeah, I mean, Diaz always an option. Um, I think I still like a bit more attacking threat from my defenders if I'm. Paying that price point, though, I've never been one for just solid, solid defence. I mean, if you if you want to look at that, then you could just look at Chelsea and say say Rudiger at five point five. Yeah, um, is kind of a better, you know, zero point five saving on a defence that will probably match City, maybe even surpass them uh, this season uh, for clean sheets. I think. Um, The only other interesting thing for me on this table is probably Brentford. You know, two two points one rare on wild card maybe a decent option mm-hmm. as a goalkeeper but the other point is I think we could probably say after after a few games that they're probably not the team to necessarily target for a battering either um, out of the promoted sides um, so I wouldn't be looking at looking at thinking they're going to get battered every week I think they've proven to be pretty solid um, so far so you know I, I, I'd probably uh, I'd probably put kind of probably rather target Arsenal right now than than, than Brentford um, uh, or, or maybe, even, maybe even someone like Norwich, right? So I think Brentford have proved to be a little bit tighter mm. uh,
0: so far. Yeah, completely agreed. Um, Brentford, for me, I, it's still early to tell and I'm not sure how many clean sheets they're actually going to keep uh, over a long run average. I mean, there's, there usually is a team that comes up and... Overperforms for at least the first six or seven game weeks, and I, I want a larger sample size before I start trusting the Brentford defence. Okay. I think, but it, early it. signs are re- are really positive. And if you if you were going to take a risk, it, it might well be that four point five goalkeeper slot where it is still up in the air really. Um, but yeah, the the main takeaway is I like you. I wouldn't be targeting the Brentford defence at the moment. Um, moving back to. Uh, Just slightly back to Man City for one second. I think Laporte was pictured back in full training with Spain the the day after the the injury, I think. So um, I I think he's probably okay, But if he's been playing for Spain over the break, um, well, obviously Stones has been away as well. But I don't know who I trust to partner Diaz in defence at the moment. Um, I think Cancelo might be an interesting one, though, um, because yep. with slightly less options uh, in the wing-back areas, and we w- we won't go into exactly why, but Mendy will probably be out for quite a while, um, if not indefinitely, um, it probably ups Cancelo's m- minutes from three out of four to maybe four out of five, five out of six. And uh, he, I think he only started three or four less games than Diaz last season. If I, if I'm right in saying that, I don't have the data to hand. So he's one I, I would be interested in, but like, like I mentioned, I, I, I don't think it's a priority for me given their fixtures. Medium term, I think I'm happy enough not taking that risk with pep rotation for now. Um, but yeah, the, the the only it's mainly the 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 classic subjects um, for lowest goals conceded already. Even though it is a short, a small sample size, but the one that is interesting for me is Everton, who despite a high xG, have also tightened up defensively as well, yeah. and only two point two five xGc there. Um, looking at Everton defensive assets, especially with their fixtures not looking too bad in the medium term, might not be the worst shout. Um, I think the FPL wire i think it was the fpl wire mentioned pickford as an option between the sticks um if you're on your wild card as maybe the second or third best option and i i would say either okay he is slightly more expensive and we do like to put him in a bit of a box and say that he's error prone but he might not be the worst option if you wanted to go a bit left field um but yeah that's all, all i really want to say on the xgc teams at the moment it is a small sample size so We'll keep track of this. We'll um, monitor it over the next few weeks and see how that develops. But uh, Everton and Brentford, like you said, might be the ones to keep an eye on for some cheaper defensive assets to complement your stronger premium defenders. Um, Moving on to the player focus, um, let's have a look at the highest expected goals for players. Lots of strikers appearing on this list with one clear winner at the moment or well two two are up there but one is leading the way in all of the (laughs) all of the important factors at the moment and that is antonio 40 points from three game weeks four goals 3.31 xg absolutely lightning hot at the moment um four price rises already probably not far off a fifth um would you still be bringing him in or at 8 million i think i think we've already probably answered the question but Neil, you're nodding. Yeah. A- any other anything extra to say on Antonio, or are we are we pretty oh, I would, happy? I would
1: bring him in up to eight, Like I would bring him in up to
0: eight point five without without thinking. Yeah. Um, I- and uh, just another, a, 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 probably a very quick point actually, but a lot of us consider Antonio to be injury prone, and obviously there is always the chance that he will continue to prove to be injury prone but he has made come out in interviews recently and made a point of the fact that he's changed his routine considerably um, to focus on making sure that he is playing more minutes and not going to go down every, every other game so I, I'm slightly more encouraged at him being a longer term hold at the moment and that is touching wood because it could happen any minute and he is playing international football now as well but they haven't brought in another striker um but well, unless they could see Bowen as the second striker now, I don't know, but I think he's going to be completely nailed. um i don't I don't think he's too injury prone anymore, but i'm I'm definitely ready and waiting to be proven wrong on that um, and not that...
1: uh, I, I mean I, I also don't care if he's injury prone to be honest yeah. i've I've never been one who's been shy of of getting injury prone players like I mean, if your argument is, Oh, I don't I don't want to get Antonio at the beginning of the season because he's injury prone. Um and you miss out on 40 points in, in three weeks because you're worried you have to transfer him out in game week four, then then so what, to be honest. Like I'll take the points and trans and, and I'll deal with him when when I have to deal with mm. him. Um so for me, like being an injury prone never puts me off a player if they're a player who when they play scores points and you don't mind using like antonio's a striker you you know you're not going to sit without a striker you know you're going to have to use a transfer on them um but that's also fine because it's where you want to be using your transfers if you're picking five injury prone defenders sure don't don't go ahead and do that but if you're if you're talking about an explosive option who who scores goals and assists when they're fit um if you have to transfer them out after three four five weeks so what um, to be honest, uh,
0: I, it doesn't it doesn't put me off at all. I completely agree, and I think an important point is injury injury prone shouldn't be something that puts you off. It uh, for me anyway, when when looking at injury prone players in inverted commas, if I only start panicking if I've got a squad of three or four of them in, and I know that any two or three of them could go down at any minute. If I've got one or two, then. You know that you're going to be fine. Like even if they go down, it's very unlikely the rest of your squads in turmoil. Yeah. So I think if you had a front line of Antonio Ings and Wilson, then it might be a, di- a slightly different discussion. But you more than likely don't. And Antonio, oh. I would say, is the best of those options anyway. Um, and it. But if you,
1: I think if you if you play it with like, if you worry about injuries, you worry about rotation. You like you're you're already kind of excluding a lot of the you know Good the options. most explosive yeah. options, right? Um, and we yeah. have transfers. Like it's not like we're picking a team for the season. Um, so I think if you if you start thinking about oh this player's injury prone, this player's rotation prone, this player, you're you're already kind of limiting your thinking. You're limiting the options available to you. Mm. And there's no need. There's a dynamic game. You can make changes as and when is. Kind of circumstances occur and you can pick up points in the meantime um so i i, I do think we we oh, like not overthink stuff at, at times as fpo managers but over worry in in a way um about issues that could affect players and they prevent
0: us from actually buying them or seeing them
1: as good options, mm.
0: yeah. Um, although I do disagree with one thing, we do overthink things, that's in our nature, isn't it? <laughs> we all, we all, we all definitely overthink things. I think if you're watching yeah. this show, you probably also overthink things yeah. just like us. So, uh, welcome. Um, okay, so uh, DCL, like you mentioned, it has had penalties and probably is bumped a little bit by that, but I wouldn't let that put you off. What I would be monitoring is the thigh injury I think it is um, that kept him yeah. out of international duty um, normally I wouldn't be too worried about it but I think DCL would have been one who was very keen to, um, to come in and play for England especially against uh, Andorra in the midweek so I think he'll have been quite gutted to miss that and I think only a, a proper injury would have forced him out of that So I'm very keen on waiting until the press conferences, uh, especially Rafa's, for that to see whether he is in, because he is in my thoughts to bring in this week. Um, There are one of two strategies I could take, and one does involve DCL. So um, very interested, and we'll be listening in on that. Um, The other two that I wanted to mention on this list at the moment was Torres, firstly. 2.09 xG as a 7.1 midfielder is not to be sniffed at at all uh bolstered by the i think it was 1.25 against arsenal so um obviously one good performance does not make a player but he's looked sharp throughout the season so far and uh, sterling surprisingly for me comes out yeah. comes out at 1.72 did did you see that coming maybe i missed a few like key chances or something i think
1: the one against arsenal was Uh, Yeah, actually, he had quite a few against Arsenal from memory, actually. Um, So I think it's probably come from there. Uh, I also thought maybe you just added it as a joke, just (laughs) to to tease me because of my history with Sterling. So I was very surprised to see Sterling. Yeah, uh, but I still admit, like, uh, I was still surprised to see him there, Um, even though I can remember a a few chances against Arsenal when I think about Mm. it. Um, But yeah, again...
0: Price point, reliability, even I'm probably not going to go there this No, I, I think at best he's a free hit player, isn't he? Like I think oh. that that he is the definition of, I, c- I can back him yeah. for one week if Pep says he's going to yeah. start. And other than that, I yeah. just, just can't. Um, so, okay, um, okay, quick mention for Lukaku, who's played one game less than everyone and, and is appearing high on this list. So, 11.5, I think, is... is a fantastic option, obviously, uh, but maybe for when the fixtures turn, in my view. Um, again, we'll go into the premiums in uh, ex- more extensively later on, um, and he will be mentioned, so we don't need to talk about him too much right now, but the fact he's appearing so high on the XG, uh, uh, having played a game less and having played Liverpool as well in that time is quite impressive, I would say. Um, Okay, so uh, now we've had a few weeks, um, I thought it would be an interesting one to have a look at some of the more creative defensive assets in the game. Um, So I've gone based on expected assists at the moment, and, well, shock horror, Trent Alexander-Arnold is top of this metric by quite a considerable margin after three weeks, having 0.56 more than everyone else is impressive considering we've only had three game weeks. Um, he looks every bit as good as he's ever ever looked for Liverpool, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, probably my favorite. Like uh, making a joke about Sterling there, but I, I think Trent is probably my favorite FPL player. Has I, I think it's very rare that I haven't owned him in the last three seasons mm-hmm. um, at any point, um, even through his kind of bad bad form. Yeah. At, at some point uh, last year. Um, but I really think he's he's back to his best. Uh, watching him uh, this season, so I'm very encouraged by it. I think like the the biggest issue around Trent is he again it's it's thinking about where does he fit in with the premiums um, because I think actually you could probably get three of the big premiums in if you didn't want Trent as well. Mm. Um, but if you just look at price points of defenders and Midfielders. So if you even pair him up against the seven point five options in midfield, I think he's the best seven point five option, you know, almost in the game across any position. um So to go without him, I think is very dangerous considering the form he's in. Um, but I think he's going to give quite a few people a headache. Um, obviously, only three games from from what I've seen so far. I think he's going to continue this way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so, uh, again, dangerous to go about, I would say. Yeah, I,
0: I think you summarised it perfectly. If you want three premiums, you can't You can't really fit him in without making significant sacrifices yeah. elsewhere. And I think that's too far. And personally, for me, I want two premiums because I definitely want Trent. And he's got... Just look at the ticker there on, on the screen. He's got three greens so fdr of two in the next five i know that's not the be all and end all but the fixtures medium term are good and realistically with underlying numbers arguably as good as he's ever been if not better i i think for me personally i i can't go without him i really can't um second on the list is reese james who obviously suspended for the next match but has only played a game and a half, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. so th- this was slightly surprising but really encouraging and I think long term when he is back and when f- Chelsea's fixtures do turn as you can see the start of on the ticker there in game week 7 I think it's against Southampton he's one who ranks very highly on my list of priorities around that sort of time period um, and Kufau or Sufao, depending on uh, who you are and how you want to pronounce it I'm never sure Um other pronunci- uh, pronunciations are available. Um, is almost matching him at naught point nine nine. Um, what are your thoughts on those two as assets at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think both look good. Um, especially Coupeau. I think for me, five five million is just a price point that I personally don't like mm. um, defensively. Um, I can never seem to work it, make it work well in my team. Um, so that that's the only concern there. Um, but I think he he looks great going forward um and you know if I had to choose between Kufal and Cresswell even with Cresswell's kind of set piece deliveries um I still think the the 0.5 saving um is probably worth it um or is probably a risk worth taking yeah. I mean Jane, James um yeah great option obviously you have to to account for Arsenal tax um in his uh, number so far though is what I would say um <laughs> so that that would be the only thing I would say um but yeah I, I think he looks uh, he looks great going forward um actually has like pretty decent goal threat as well like I noticed when I was watching him last season he would he would take shots as well hmm. um as well as whipping the ball in from from the right um so he's someone i I like a lot um and I think yeah game week seven um when the fixtures turn I think I think he's be probably one if he continues to start, he'll probably
0: be one of the most popular picks in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think if he comes back from suspension and starts the next three or four, it going into game week seven, I completely agree. He might even become the highest owned defender um, around that time. So keep an eye on that. Definitely don't buy him this week. Um, but it may be if you're on a wild card and you don't mind benching him for a week, then that could be a, a sneaky option to get him in early. But other than that, I would say watch and wait. Uh, Livramento appearing high up, I think aided by the completely catastrophic miss from Gineppo um, against you guys. Um, but still, it's encouraging always to see a, a four point, well, 4.1 yeah. million defender now because he's had his yeah. price rise um, in the list. So I think any owners will be content with how he started the season. Um, and yeah, he's, he's showing some attacking pedigree, which he's always shown yeah. when he was... Um, in the Chelsea Academy as well, so uh, definitely encouraging. And um, surprisingly enough, Loughton's made the list, um, which is a yeah. bit of a shock. But um, yeah. must be from like one yeah, big chance. Think... I, I don't,
1: I don't remember what one it would be. Um, no, me but, neither. But he um, has got the assist, I, I, so I'd I assume it's that.
0: from that. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would have seen the same. Uh, yeah, a short sample size again with all of these. Yeah. Um, so one or two chances do conflate the stats and people like Livermento Louton might appear slightly higher than than you'd expect them to throughout the season. But we will keep keep track of this. And um, over the next six or seven weeks, the picture will start to look a lot clearer. These are just good indications of where the more attacking or aggressive defensive players seem to be at the moment. No shocks, really. But you say say that, but actually you would probably expect four out of the six to be yes. on that list all season yeah I, I would agree um, and I would also expect long term Luke Shaw to start climbing and appearing on this as well especially um, crossing to the big man as well I, I, I think he'll be appearing much higher on this list maybe even after next week so we'll see um, but moving on the big debate this week other than Ronaldo which we will get on to um, is the midfield options now There are three main options, which we uh, mentioned earlier, Jota, Greenwood and Torres, all lying in that seven to eight million price bracket. All of them have started the season really well, but all of them have the same issue surrounding them, which is this theory that they probably won't be completely nailed in the long or possibly even medium term. Um, I've got the stats on the screen here. So Greenwood leads the way on 26 points and the three goals. Torres leads the way on the XG um, 2.09 for two goals and and has the only assist of the trio um, off of a very, very low XA though. So I don't know how much you could read into that. Um, Greenwood is the most creative in the underlying stats, which again, so far anyway, um, which I wouldn't have expected. Um, But I've also included Rafinha who is the highest owned of the three and the cheap, and the cheapest, and looks potentially like he's not a million miles away from price drop if there are continued question marks over um, Brazil's uh, uh, impending ban, possibly. we still th- recording this Thursday morning. We still don't know for certain whether Brazilian players, including Rafinha, are going to be cleared to play this weekend or not. Um, but indications are that there might be some leeway in allowing in, in allowing them to, so keep an eye on that. I'm sure I'm sure news will be coming out as soon as I finish recording this and start rendering it, which will be frustrating. But um, that's the debate this week, I think, over these three and their, their nailedness. Neil, um, how do you rank these and do you see these the three top players anyway starting over the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The first thing I would say when I look at those three is I think, as I mentioned before, the premiums complicate this when you have these players that can start, be explosive, but also just all of a sudden miss a game. And so when I look at those three, I think realistically, if you're fitting in those premiums and so you have some cheaper bench options available, you can probably only go with one of them, hmm. Um, I would say. That would change if, you know, we get more details on Firmino's injury or we get word from Pep that Torres is their number one, number nine, and, you know, he's going to start more weeks than not. But while we have uncertainty around them, I think you can only go for one. Let's say Firmino's out for a while, then Jota's kind of confirmed, then I would be comfortable maybe taking two of them. But I would be looking at them as a bracket of three and thinking how many of these can I afford to carry if they're benched? Is it one? Is it two? Um, so I, I would be considering them that way. I mean, Rafinha, we, we assume, will start kind of every week and unless kind of, you know, with the potential ban this weekend. Um, so I don't think he, you know, I think he he doesn't need to come into that equation. Um, but the others I would, like, consider uh, as kind of a whole, actually, and be choosing from them. And in, in terms of my favorites, uh, like I said, Torres, um, I think is a great option. Um, I'm a little, uh, I think it looks like they've set up that way to play this season. Um, But with Pep, I mean, he also does change it kind of mid season sometimes um, in terms of like the way they're, they're kind of focusing their attack. So I'm still a little hesitant, Um, but I, I, you know, I, I do think it's, he's worth a risk at that price point. I currently own Greenwood, the plan I started the season with him the plan was always to kind of give him the first form mm. uh, and then re- reassess. Um, was he starting? Was he getting enough minutes? Was he scoring? So far, you know, he's he's doing very well for me. Um, Jota, like I said, I mean, if Firmino's injured, I think Jota becomes a must-buy. I yeah. mean, I would almost... I would almost... I, I would go as far as uh, as prioritizing that over... Ronaldo, over Lukaku. If we got confirmation on Firmino, I think 7.6 million for a Liverpool striker, um, who plays in midfield on FPL. Um, I, I think that becomes a priority hmm. uh, to be, to be honest. Um, especially with the the kind of fairly fairly nice fixture run as well. Um, clearly, I'm not saying necessarily saying he's he's. He's a better pick than Ronaldo or Lukaku, or even that he'll score most points. But I think for the fixtures and for the price point, he becomes kind of very much a priority. Um, and I think there's a possibility that, that I even move, you know, let, I even move from Greenwood to Jota next week. Um, uh, I, I do think that's a possibility that I might jump off. And then maybe I'll jump off again from Jota to, to Torres or, you know, I I think I just like viewing them as this pool of players that I might hop between mm. or that I have one or two of at any time.
0: Yeah, I, I like looking at it that way as well. Personally, I think this is, and, and there are other options available as well, which is actually the next graphic that I will show. And there are so many good or p- potentially explosive options in in and around this price bracket, that I think if you've got this one slot in your squad that you're willing to have as like a, a rotating explosive risk option, th- this is th- this is the place to do it. And at the moment, it looks like all three of these are good options, and I think that's skewing our opinions and trying to and a lot of people are trying to cram them all in. I think in the in the team planning section, which we'll get onto in a bit. I've tried to cram two of them in, which I'm already rethinking. Um, I think the decision would be a lot easier if we knew for certain that Rafinha was going to start this week, even against Liverpool. I don't, I don't rule out the chances of lead scoring at all. Um, and at six point five, he's an incredibly good long-term hold with the fixtures turning next week, and oh. I think that solves a lot of the issues regarding all of the rotation that we'll see from the likes of Liverpool, Man United and Man City, I think Jota... If I if I wanted to rank them, I'd probably rank Jota at the top because I do think Firmino is going to be out for a couple of weeks. And even if he is out for only a couple of weeks, if Jota scores in the next two, is he really going to bench Jota uh, when Firmino's back straight away? I, I don't know. Um, and... Greenwood is probably slightly more dangerous um, in the medium term. I think Newcastle, anyone who's gone for Newcastle, you're safe. I think, I think you'll be OK there. But I think Greenwood is potentially always now one, one bad or one shaky performance away from coming on from the bench rather than starting the match. And Torres is just a complete lottery um, he's probably got the most explosive potential of the lot, but I, th- I think it's as bad as one in two he'll start over the next four or five game weeks because they do have Champions League coming coming back and they do have KDB and Foden and Gundogan can play up there. And of course, even though Jesus has been, been played on the right, he can play up top. We know he can. And with all those other options coming in, there will be more competition on the right and therefore more chance that Jesus might also be theoretically moved centrally as well. So I think Torres is the lowest priority for me personally, despite looking very, very good so far. Um Jota for mm-hmm. me is the mm-hmm. Jota for me is the the short term imme- immediate yeah, priority. And then Greenwood I think if you've got him hold him um until he does start getting benched, but if you don't have him, that's i think personally possibly actually an opportunity to look elsewhere and look at a four or five week punt um which we will which we'll go on to now i think if unless you wanted to say anything else on these four. No, the only thing I want to say about Torres, if I remember correctly, I think Pep favoured him
1: quite a lot in Champions League last mm. year, that he was getting quite a few starts in Champions League. Um, and whether that was kind of approach or strategy, or just keeping players fresh, um, you know, that that's up for debate. But if it was kind of an approach or strategy to the to kind of the the way the teams they were up against in, in Europe were playing, um, I, I think it's one to watch because from memory, I think he was very heavily favoured in, in Champions League last year. And and so if he does that again, obviously that would put his league starts more at risk. So just, just something to watch, I think, once Champions League kicks off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Completely agreed. I, I think for me, like you said, is let's just wait a couple of weeks. Uh, it's Leicester up next anyway, which isn't a bad fixture. Yeah. But the ne- the next game after against Southampton is the one where you're realistically if you're buying him now that's the that's the game you're looking at so I I think yeah. hold off for a week and if he doesn't play in the Champions League midweek, you might start being more c- confident that he gets the Southampton game and I think that's the one you want anyway so I think for now let's leave him um Jotter and Greenwood for me are the priorities uh well sorry Jotter's the priority Greenwood hold but maybe don't buy or have a tough decision about buying. Rafinha, if he is playing this weekend, I'd say probably placed second behind Jota. Um, On to the other options, which are in and around that sort of bracket. Um, we don't have to go into every single one here, but for the, for the benefit of everyone and what you're considering, I've placed some of the main options here anyway. Um, Rama tops the list, unsurprisingly, with 26 points, two goals. Um, Two assists as well, pretty good XG and XA, um, not matching, so there might be some slight regression there. But after three games to have an XGI of over 1.5 is encouraging, to say the least. Um, The other player who has that sort of uh, strong levels of underlying stats is Mason Mount at 7.5. Um, not really got the points to reflect it so far in comparison, but he's ticking along nicely, and his creative output is looking very encouraging. Especially when you consider Chelsea have the striker to back that up and put it put them in the net now. So whereas in the past he had those numbers, but nobody was on the end of the chances. So I think he's long term a very a very strong option. Um, I've put in uh, Ismail Sar Jack Harrison. Um, Demari Gray and Traore, as well as the other popular picks around this sort of price bracket. Um, if if you had to pick one or two out, Neil, um, who would you probably favour at the moment?
1: I think Mason Mount is who excites me the most. But from probably from game week seven mm-hmm. onwards, um, uh, I think he's he's going to do very well this season. So I'm probably most excited about Mount. Um from that list um and then i think gray and trey at the bottom are kind of interesting because you have someone who who can't finish um and is not getting any points but has super high XP. Yeah. and then with Gray, gray both of his goals were great finishes and does have points um and you know i i, I don't like that either way around to be honest i'm not keen I'm not overly keen on, on Gray scoring those points from such low XG, even though they are great finishes. And I'm still not overly keen on Treore because I just don't think he has the end product. Mm. Um, and he will continue to flop. Ch- yeah, sure, he'll continue to get chances, but he's also going to continue to flop a lot of them. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I don't really like either of those necessarily as an option. Like I said, around 5.5, 5.6, I'd still go for Gallagher over Gray. Yeah. Um, to be honest, um, yeah, Harrison, I'd still go Rafina saw like, I do like him, but I, I don't know how much I trust Watford. Um, and obviously I own Ben Rama, mm-hmm. uh, already, but yeah, Mount, Mount would be my pick, but obviously the more expensive one and maybe not someone you want to put in until game week seven.
0: Yeah. Um, I think short term, uh, well, Mount long term, definitely game week seven, I think he'll probably be sneaking his way into my side as well. Ben Rama, obviously, like you said, is a hold. I think anyone jumping off of him this soon is being a tad reactive, possibly. Um, But yeah, absolutely take the risk and um, hopefully it works out. But I think at 6.4, he's well worth holding on to, especially with Southampton, Southampton up next. Yep. Um, and he does look to have that really good, strong partnership growing with Antonio at the moment. I don't see him getting rotated much at the moment at all, um, despite new signings. I think he's pretty nailed until he has a string of poor performances. And despite a blank, it wasn't a poor performance. He he did play well in the most recent match against Palace. the The one that I might be tempted at uh, tempted with is Saar. Uh, now he will be Watford's talisman, and I am looking at wild carding in the next international break around game week eight. And until then, Wat- Watford's fixtures in the medium term are very, very encouraging. Um, so I, I might be tempted with it with Saar. I've seen a few people looking at him, um, but other than that, I think you're I think you're bang on, Ben Rama. All the way up to game week eight will be absolutely fine for me. And uh, Mount long term after game week seven is pro- probably yeah. my pick. Um, would any of these? Okay, maybe excluding Ben Rama because he's in a, most of our sides anyway. Would any of these tempt you over the uh, the previous screen and the players that we put put as the favourite options? Only Mount. Okay. I'm man. probably I'm probably no, the man. same as you to be honest at the moment, but. Maybe with the asterisk of Saar, maybe, but I'll, I'll have to do some some deeper dive into his underlying statistics and positions um, before I take that punt. Um, but anyway, on to probably the final main topic of the week, which is the premium dilemma that we've all got at the moment. And I've put on screen five of the, the hot topic premiums. Others are available, but these are probably the ones that we're all eager, or eager to talk about at least right now. Um, We've got Mo Salah, obviously, the highest owned, highest points, um, two goals to assists. Fernandez got his opening day hat-trick, just under 50% owned now. I mean, that number is still falling now. I think it's, I I created the graphic um, a day or so ago, so I think that number is even lower now. Um, Kane down below 10%. um, Hasn't really played so far this season, but will from this point onwards, I'm certain. Lukaku, 20-ish percent owned, um, and as we mentioned, has very good XG for his one goal, um, and has obviously played a game less. And finally, we've come on to Ronaldo, um, who obviously hasn't played a minute yet, but £12.5 we think the price is locked. And I, I believe actually I checked this morning he was up at around sixteen or seventeen percent. So it has grown considerably and that is why Fernandez's ownership is shrinking significantly as well. So without further ado, Neil, how do you how do you weigh these guys up and what would be your your thoughts on the perfect combination of premiums at this point? Yeah, well currently I have Seller
1: and Fernandez yep. out of these five, um, and the two that I currently mm-hmm. own. Um, I, I understand why people are selling Fernandez to fund Ronaldo. I mean, you're not going to want to sit with two premium Man United assets. So I do think you have to make a choice between the two. doesn't matter whether you have two or three premiums. Because of the options available, you're not going to want two from the same team. So I completely understand why people would sell Fernandez for Ronaldo. You do have to make a choice on them. And you probably do want one of them um so that kind of already takes takes a place in 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 a way right um i don't i don't really i'm not that interested in kane i think it was very telling that we showed the xg xg charts and you had the teams that were second third fourth fifth sixth and seventh in the premier league out of the top six but we didn't have who's first yeah and that's um and you know uh, i can't see a world where Tottenham are creating as many chances for Kane as Chelsea after Lukaku or United after Ronaldo. Um, and so I think just because of the way those teams set up and the way they play, of course, everything is is aimed towards Kane, but I just think in terms of volume of shots, volume of chances, Tottenham are not going to match Chelsea or United this season. Um, so then again, I would be comparing, just like I'm saying, you know, compare Fernandez, ronaldo which one of those, I would also then be saying, well, compare Kane, Lukaku, Ronaldo, which which one of those do you want as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think Salah, to be honest, is, especially with that fixture run right now, is someone that you 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 kind of have to mm-hmm. have um, as one of the premiums. So if we look at it that way, we've then got Salah, and then you've got a choice, do you want two or three? Um, as we talked about, three would potentially harm TAA. Um so then if you look at it in terms of Fernandez and Ronaldo as a bracket and Kane Lukaku, Ronaldo as a bracket, um, you do have one player that's kind of, um, crossing over both of those, which is Ronaldo. Um, so I, I think looking at it kind of logically, um, then I could, I could see people go in Salah and Ronaldo. And that seems to be the way that a lot of people are going, um, as, uh, from what I've seen on Twitter. Uh, I think for me personally the kind of two biggest thoughts I've had on it is people playing their wild card to get Ronaldo or to to play it now if I was playing my wild card right now I would be going free premiums um, and I would be trying to shoot on Lukaku and Ronaldo and Salah interesting that.
0: why why would you say
1: that because I think that that allows you to to get ahead of the curve uh, in some way I can definitely see by game week seven that that will be the way that most people are set up uh i i just have a feeling that we will start moving towards thinking that you have to have lukaku for those fixtures but hang on you also have to have ronaldo um and of course we can't get rid of salah so i can see a world where all of a sudden from game week seven onwards we have to have those free premiums so if i was playing my wild card now i'd probably make I'd probably make a jump on all three of those now to get a bit of a head start on where I think the template will go. Um, so that's what I would do if I was playing my wild card. Um, and then my final my, my final kind of thinking on this is that we don't like... Uh, so I've also thought about selling Fernandez and Ings and, and getting Ronaldo. Uh, and probably Jota, right, um, but I think it was Mark on Blackbox who who said, and I completely agree with this, we're, we're making a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. here, especially around Bruno. Well, we're all of a sudden assuming that Bruno's output is going to be less. I mean, of course, that's the whole penalty debate, but we're making, we're making a hell of a lot of assumptions that Bruno is now, just because of one player's arrival, now not, the, now, now not part of the top two best assets in the game. Without without even seeing how they're going to set up, without seeing how they're going to play, um, so for me, I think it's risky to do sell Fernandez ahead of Newcastle, even if it's to buy Ronaldo. Mm. Um, so I'm actually seeing myself not making the move, sitting with Salah and Fernandez as my two premiums another week, and giving myself another week to see how it plays out. Um, and actually, in a way, I actually think wildcard next week is better than this week um, because I think we're going to have a hell of a lot more information. And I think that I will have a clearer idea of how I would
0: want to set up with my premiums than I do going into this week. Yeah. OK, that's really interesting. So I suppose the first key question I've got from, the, from that logic that you presented is if you were wildcarding this week and going towards three premiums, we mentioned how essential Trent was. Uh, earlier on in the show are you are you going without trent if you're wild carding
1: i i looked at making a team with those three premiums with and re- without trent um the team as a whole was certainly stronger without yeah. him um so i think that i think you don't have much of a choice than to go without him um yeah I think when we're talking about Salah, Lukaku, Ronaldo, then Trent is maybe okay to sacrifice just about, um, is what I would say. I think the other option is is you, you sacrifice someone else, right? You sacrifice a Jota and you put that money in defence instead and get Trent and maybe you go four at the back. Okay, um, yeah. That That's a potential sacrifice instead, right? You you sacrifice one of those mid price midfielders and you still pick Trent. So that's also possible.
0: Um, I don't know. For me personally, I think that seems a little bit inflexible with all, with all of the strong options in the middle this season. Obviously, Trent is a player I want. Um, I don't really want to sacrifice him. But it, if I wanted to squeeze three premiums in... I think I'd probably have to sacrifice him and try and find a 5.5 that I'm I'm, hoping will get maybe 20, 30 points less than him this season and use that yeah. use that extra 2 million somewhere in the middle. But um, I have seen a few 4-3-3 drafts and they don't look terrible, actually. Um, but what I would say is there are still a lot of question marks over a lot of the key defensive assets at the moment. So we don't know if... Christensen's nailed for instance and we we're going to need cheaper ways in to the key defences the best defences if if that strategy is going to work and at the moment for me the reason I'm not wild carding is there are just too many questions I don't know I don't know, yeah, I don't know what what Chelsea's best 11 is at the moment uh, especially at the back I don't know which of Stone's or Laporte's going to be getting more minutes uh, for Man City and I certainly don't know how how defensively strong United are going to be for instance. So all of these things are still up in the air. The one thing I do know is Trent is nailed. He's elite and he's going to get 10 assists-ish during the course of the season and over this run, especially for the next four or five, I'd expect two or three clean sheets. So... I I think
1: I I would agree with I I just want to pick pick something you said about flexibility there, which, you know, I am a manager who does like a lot of flexibility. I've also mentioned price points several times in our conversation. today, but I also think there comes a point where we can worry a little bit too much about that when when these premiums come along where they're, you know, if you pick those three players, you're probably going to get like 750 points. From those three players almost or, or around that mark right yeah. potentially right if they all if they all do kind of explode uh like we think they do i mean maybe it's a little exaggeration but it's still that that's still kind of um it, it's that's like a third of your points total for the season mm-hmm. um where you want to be aimed or maybe maybe not that much maybe a quarter um but it's it's a big chunk of the points that you're going to make this season so to be honest, I don't really care about flexible when when I have three players who are going to deliver that level of points, mm. right? And instead of thinking about what is the most flexible way I can set up this season, instead, you can also flip it on its head and think, I am getting those three players. They are premium options who are going to deliver week on, week, week out. I know what I'm getting from them. The teams are set up to play to their strengths. They're going to score X amount of points you know that as a certainty pretty much right as certain as you can be and then you fit in everyone else around them um so I am a manager who likes to be flexible but I would say that every season is different um and I just have a I just have a feeling that this season is going to turn out to be one where we're all where we all end up with those free premium options in our team
0: okay fair enough um well th- actually this is probably quite a nice way to to leave it then because I come down on the other side of this fence and um, and I think having that a, a bit of a difference of opinion is obviously a healthy thing. Um, I am probably on the side of the fence where I would go to and for me, the two ideals at the moment would be Salah in the middle. No, quest, no questions there. And I think... I, for me personally, the player I'd have up front is Ronaldo right now. But I think for me, it's a bit more meta than that. It's about having a midfield option premium slot and a a one forward premium slot. And I think if you've got one of each covered, then, okay you're not going to like rotating them. And I'm I'm pretty sure Salah would be in there for the majority, if not all, of the season. But that striker option, you've got three very good premium options that just happen to rotate fixtures-wise pretty well. And whilst I'm still not completely confident... On which one is going to explode the most? I'd be fairly happy to back Ronaldo to do well against Newcastle straight off the bat, and then I'd also be fairly happy by game week seven to know that Lukaku is going to go on a bit of a run. Looking at those fixtures, and they really don't get much better. So, and meanwhile, Man United's fixtures do toughen up around then as well. And until I've got more information on which the hot the hot property strikers are going to be I'm happy to play the fixtures game because I look at Kane, Lukaku and Ronaldo as three fairly similar uh, similar uh, not abilities and not in terms of their overall quality but I think they're going to net similar amounts of goals and points over the season and so the only differentiating factor at the moment that I've got is their fixtures and for the first 3 until I want Lukaku for certain in game week 7 it, it i've looked and i i prefer ronaldo over the other two and i just there are just so many so many factors going for ronaldo um this week and again i think i think it was uh, the fpl wire who were, who talked about sometimes you've got to take a step back and you play fantasy premier league Uh, it's often not fun but we do play it for fun and Ronaldo at home against Newcastle on on his second debut in front of a packed Old Trafford that's the fun pick and I I can just sometimes these things are just written in the stars and I might be I might be wrong on it and there is a second strategy I could implement which doesn't involve going for him straight away but Every fibre in my body is telling me it's Ronaldo just... And I've just quoted as there, so sorry. But it's Ronaldo. Come on. Um, he's going to start, surely. He's had... It,
1: it Well, I was just about to say, is it fun
0: when you're watching him get 15 minutes off the bench? It is when he scores two in that 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look. It, can, it could happen that he comes on to a standing ovation and that's one... That is one angle that I am considering, and again, like you said, there's absolutely nothing to suggest that Fernandez won't do really well in this in this next game. It is Newcastle he won't just be thrown into defensive mid, but no. it's. I, I think long, the re, the reason I'm edging towards going with Ronaldo is because long term I know that I want a premium striker. And so I'm happy to know that, OK, one week it might not pay off. But over the, t- the four week period up until I wildcard, um I think having one premium striker and one premium midfielder is probably the be- the better way to go. Okay, cool. So I think that has probably summed up our thoughts on the premiums at the moment. Although every week things can change, so I'm sure, I'm sure sitting down this time next week we'll have completely different opinions yeah. after after KDB comes back and scores a hat trick, for instance. So we'll see how it goes. But for the time being, I think um, I think you're happy to keep Fernandez for one more week. Am I right in saying? Probably. Okay. Yes. And I think I'm probably going to move Fernandes to Ronaldo. But again, it's probably. So um, we'll, we'll touch on our team our team planning in, in a second. Um, let's move on to a, quite a similar graphic because it has a lot of the same players. Um, but that is the captaincy options for this week. So the, the main difference in this graphic really is I've added three players at the bottom. And that's Son, Antonio and Calvert-Lewin. Now... In purple, throughout the show, as you'll have seen, um, the the best player in each category comes up in purple. Previously, it was all over the board, or mainly Salah. Uh, Antonio has stolen all of the purple from him in this graphic, um, and is the form pick out of all of these options, and has Southampton. Is he a player you're considering, or are you looking towards the top of the table still at the premiums? he's i
1: I think he you know you can't deny he deserves to be in the conversation to be honest um and i think if he was above 10 million he would definitely be in the conversation i think we're probably a little put off um by the fact that a lot of the premiums do have very strong fixtures this week so then antonio isn't in our thinking as much he was in our thinking last week because it was a little trickier to get the captaincy for the premiums right liverpool were playing chelsea for example so then people are more comfortable with it i think people are less comfortable this week because the premiums have good fixtures and he isn't a premium so he doesn't come into the conversation mm. but i think if you look at those numbers and if you look at their playing southampton i do think he very much should be in the conversation for me he is someone i'm considering um i think you know i only i only currently own three of those on a list. So Antonio, Fernandez, Sala. I'm currently considering all of them, but I am leaning towards Salah um, as it stands. And I probably will captain him. I, I think for me, one thing I like to look at a lot when I captain players is opposition, not just underlying stats, but also how that team sets up. Because I think if you're looking at premium, their caliber doesn't change much each week, but who they're playing does. Um, So I do think opposition is a good way to think about captaincy. Um, And I often look at XGC of of the teams they're playing against, where they're they're conceding shots. Um, But I think that something that I have done with quite good success kind of last season and at least game week one this season is I actually quite like captaining players against Leeds just because of the way they play it always tends to be open. They always seem to let up chances, especially against the big sides. Um, so for me, I I like that as a fixture for a captain, um, which is why I'm probably leaning towards Salah, but Antonio's stats um, are definitely tempting me. And then the, the kind of the renegade in me is tempted to captive Fernandez when everyone else is selling him. Um but I probably won't go that far.
0: Yeah, uh that would be interesting. Um I think there would be a lot to be gained by captaining Fernandez this week just on the off chance. Uh just to be a bit different as well. If I was if I was going to keep Fernandez, that would become a a fifty fifty shout between him and Salah. If I'm buying Ronaldo, I'm going to captain him. Let's face it, I'm not going to buy him to just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy him and then not captain him. So, um, for me, if I if I do go with Ronaldo, I'll 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 captain him a hundred percent. If I stick with Fernandez for one more week alongside Salah, that is a bit of a coin toss, and I, I think much like you, just the uh, the masochist in me, if that's the right word, would maybe go for Fernandez just so I've got that bragging right on uh, Playmaker and Twitter at the end of the week, if it does go right. If it goes wrong, then yeah. uh, equally, please do all laugh at me. Um, but yeah, And I think of the ones that I don't own Lukaku
1: are probably the best option. I, I think if I did own Lukaku, I, I would be... Very tempted to hand him the armband, actually. Yeah,
0: especially with Martinez out uh, for Villa, so Chelsea against Villa. I think that that could be a really good shout. I think the only reason I'm not looking at immediately bringing in Lukaku is those medium-term fixtures aren't aren't fantastic. So I'm happy to to leave that one for this week, I think. But I think if you've got him, or if you've got a plan to have him in this week, then he might actually be, if not the best, very, very close to the best option. Um, and Kane against Palace as well isn't a bad option at all so um, is it against Palace or am I getting that wrong I think it's against Palace Um, Mm. yeah yeah, I'm pretty sure it is Um, so I think anyone on this board could be a decent option I think if Calvert-Lewin wasn't flagged and there wasn't suspicions that he might be out with an injury then uh, Burnley do concede a lot of crossed chances and Calvert Lewin is the talisman who loves getting his head on the end of crosses. So that might not be a, a bad shout for a very differential captain captaincy punt. Um, but yeah, anyone on this board, I think I'm probably going to be on Ronaldo. And I think you're 50 50 between Salah or Fernandez.
1: Yeah, more more, more likely uh, Antonio, actually. Oh, sorry. Than yeah. uh, Fernandez. Yeah, but uh, I, I think it will probably be Salah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there you have it. Um, I'm sure our plans will change, but we'll uh, reveal yeah. our we'll reveal our teams on Playmaker and Twitter nearer the deadline, so you'll see how how we actually uh, ended up deciding in the end. Uh, on to that, the final section of the show is team planning. Neil, this is the team you sent me over a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. How's how's it looking in comparison to this screenshot now? Yeah, I
1: have made one of my two free transfers, so I bought in Livramento um, and sold Simicast. Uh The reasoning for that was I wasn't that keen on playing Aylin this week um, and actually as, as we kind of saw, you know, limited sample, but still I've also liked the look of Livramento running forward, so even against West Ham, um, where I've just said Antonio is a great option, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be scared of playing Livramento. I prefer to play him uh over Aylin, Um so that was one reason I felt like I needed a defender this week. Um the other was to catch kind of before Simicas dropped and so I could just take the money, swap in for Livermento. Um and thirdly it was to kind of free up the option of Jota potentially as well. Um if I did want to go down that route. So I just felt overall, even though I like I don't like making transfers on kind of four million defenders i felt the flexibility and the options uh it was given me was just the right move to make um so i was pretty certain that i wanted to make that move and then kind of what's remaining for me i also want to sell Ings. i want dcl um but i also want to hear that he's fit mm. um, if he's not fit um i'm actually a little confused um on what I will do actually um I don't really want Ings. um and then I then I kind of think you know when am I going to wild card because I do know that I I want one of at least Lukaku and Ronaldo now so if I'm not getting DCL I should probably be getting one of those um rather than wasting the transfer down the line on getting another short term striker in and with DCL I'd be happy for him to sit in my team with any of the others I'm I'm not so sure um so then I think well I should probably just get Ronaldo Lukaku but then obviously to do that I would end up selling Fernandez I would end up taking a hit um and then I'm going down a road but I'm not entirely convinced of just yet and I'd rather wait a week to see mm. Um I'm also not against playing my wildcard next week um when I think things are a little clearer. Um so that's also an option for me. Obviously I have potentially Rafina problem as well, um mm. which, which means that I could end up playing Alien anyway after all of that. <laughs> um so yeah, right now I'm a little unsure. I, I'm really hoping DCL's fit, um, because if he's not I'm a little unsure of the moves that I will make and I feel like I'm almost forced into doing the, the classic minus four Bruno out, Ronaldo or Lukaku in. Um, it, uh, maybe it's Fernandez to Jota, Ings to Lukaku or Ronaldo um, would be probably where I would go if DCL was not fit. Would I be able to interest you in a certain Patrick Bamford? You would if they weren't playing Liverpool and I didn't
0: already own Rafinha. Um,
1: (laughs) That's that's the only thing putting me off. No,
0: that's fine. Um, I I think, yeah, if you don't have any confidence in DCL starting, then I think the only other option like for like would probably be Bamford, which is the only reason I say. Um, And and long-term people are weighing up whether Bamford or DCL is a more... um, a positive move to make in the in the lot medium to long term whereas this week it's clearly dcl um, it's whether or yeah. not you would want to uh set almost get the transfer done in advance and pick Bamford as the stronger over the next five or six weeks but yeah. um i think i think yeah. you're right i uh, i'm similar to you um so I'll, I'll move on to move on to mine Um, I don't know what's happened with the screenshot. I've just noticed um, Antonio's missing there. So that's my bad. Um, I might have screenshotted that a bit too too quickly. Um, But Ings uh, is going almost certainly. Barnes is going almost certainly. So that's two. I've got two free transfers, so that's fine. Um, And then it's just a question of whether I want to just move those two to straight swap DCL and probably Jota. Um, which are easy moves to make. Or if I wanted to do something a little bit more complex and interesting, like it seems most of the community is tempted to do, moving uh, Ings, Fernandez, and Barnes over to a combination of Ronaldo, Jota, and insert player here. Uh, in the screenshot, it's Greenwood, but. I think from the way what we've been talking about today, and the fact that I've already got Jota in the side, um, or plan to have Jota in the side, it might be a risk to many. Considering the, my bench strength, it, they're all starting players at the moment, but they're not. They're not. I'm, I don't expect them to get me that many points right now, so um, I might might have to look at uh, an alternative in that Greenwood slot now that could be Rafinha if if I know he's playing and if 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 he is playing this week I will probably go Rafinha if he's not then it brings others into play like like Saar like Traore like um maybe even Mount for a one-week punt and then I can reassess next week and, and sadly booking my transfer but I don't think there's too, other, too many other moves I need to make at the moment so I wouldn't I wouldn't be too against a one week perfect 7 million midfield option and then moving them on no. which again is why Greenwood is an option because I do think he starts against Newcastle and I do think Newcastle will be so distracted by the the show of Ronaldo coming in that Greenwood could easily sneak in off the right and, and grab one or two, um in this in the spaces created, um, so yeah we'll we'll see um that's where I'm leading at the yeah. moment um I think I'm probably going towards the minus four rather than just a simple swap to DCL, um but yeah, if, things could definitely change and the press conferences this week, um will will yeah. be huge so we'll keep an eye on them yeah. and I'm I'm sure that they'll uh change everything for both of us um but yeah so i i think unless you've got anything else to say um i think that's it from me um any anything else before we close the show off
1: no 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 um i i think uh i think i'm good to go i i think just to be clear my preferred move would be to just move to dcl that is my preferred option um and not to do the minus four um i i feel a little forced into that actually if dcl is not available so yeah i i would prefer just to do the free the dcl stick to the
0: plan um and then reassess next week. okay yeah i, I think i probably land very slightly on the other side of the fence but we have quite similar plans yeah. Um And I think maybe just the lure of Ronaldo is distracting me slightly, but uh i'll 'll sleep on it tonight and and see how I feel in the morning and after the press conferences um yeah. but yeah, so uh I think that's it for today um We really hope that you've liked the the new look. Preview look the preview show, um, a much longer show, and I think we get into everything a lot more. So if you prefer this format or have any other ideas for content that we can put into the show, anything like that, please do comment or get in contact with us on Playmaker or Twitter. Our at our tags are the same on Playmaker and Twitter, and they're below below our uh, cameras in on both screens. So please do get in touch with us. And if you've got any questions that you want to appear on the show next week, do let us know. Um, We're also after a new name. So if you've watched this far, hopefully you've been engaged and uh, we'd like to offer you the opportunity and we'll be posting this as a question on Playmaker and Twitter over the coming days. what you would like to be the name of this new look show if you'd like the preview show then absolutely we'll keep it like that but any other suggestions are welcome um so do let us know on that um in the meantime everything you've seen today is live and free on playmaker uh, which is our app in case we haven't mentioned it so far a million times anyway um you can download it on uh on the apple store or app store or on google play completely free links are in the description and our team planner tool as well which we alluded to at the end is also a completely free tool it's web based so you do need a desktop or pc for it and the link to that is also in the description Um, but yeah if you've enjoyed the show please do remember to like and subscribe at this point We have a fairly small following on YouTube, so every like, every subscription is massively, massively helpful to us. We really do appreciate it. And we won't forget who the first watchers and listeners of the show are. Um, We really do appreciate every single one of you. Um, But for today, that is uh, goodbye from me. Yeah, and goodbye from me. Thanks, guys, and see you next week.